Hey everyone, welcome to The Matt Report. I'm your host, Matt, and I interview folks who are entrepreneurs, developers, designers, anyone using WordPress, making a living from it, running a business, having a side job, running a blog, anything like that, touching WordPress uh, and enjoying life using it. Uh, and uh, today, super excited to be joined by Travis Ketchum, founder, CEO, mastermind behind Contest Domination. Travis, thanks for coming to the show. Of course, thanks for having me. Um, so. Let's give people the two-minute drill, two-minute warning, elevator pitch, what you're doing now with uh, Contest Domination. Sure. So our goal with Contest Domination is essentially to make insanely powerful contests that are easy to use um, with the primary goal of growing an email list and more email leads. So <laughs> That's uh, you know, we started as a WordPress plugin yep. uh, almost a year ago. And we've, you know, migrated to hosted and we have thousands of customers on our platform now. And so we're rapidly growing. <laughs> when you start, uh, uh, is your background primarily developer, marketer, business guy? What's um, I guess primarily marketer. You know, I've run uh, a number of JV and affiliate programs for best-selling authors, speakers, um, a lot of names that pretty much anyone would know um, in the space I've either worked for or with. Um, but I'm, I'm certainly not a developer. I'm definitely not a designer. Um, I have an eye for what I want, but I don't, you know, bring it from the from the from the brain to the screen is not my forte. You sound <laughs> exactly like me. <laughs> um, so take us down that path. You're a marketer, and you looked at WordPress, and you said, "Yeah, I want I want to use WordPress as a platform." Were you already using uh, WordPress in your business, and and that's how you got started using WordPress? How did you get involved with that? Sure. So, you know, I've been kind of meddling in blogging uh, for a few years with my, you know, somewhat personal, somewhat business blog, uh, the college startup for a few years, you know, started in college. Um, and so I was pretty familiar with the WordPress community and it was obviously very apparent to anyone who takes a, you know, a, even dips their toe in the water in the WordPress community that it's, it's quite large and supportive. And it's kind of like this Petri dish of innovation, right? I mean, it's it's approachable for someone like me who maybe doesn't have a ton of skills, um, which also opens it up for a marketplace for plugins and themes. And so there's a whole active and vibrant community there that was interesting. And I, I thought there was some opportunity to tap into it there. Mm. Did you, um, well, before we get deeper into that, what the idea behind contest domination, how did that sprout up? Where did that come into play? Sure. So a little over a year ago, uh, December of, I guess, 2011, I was in a position where I was like, I really want to get more leads for my blog um, because I, I knew the power of an email list from my JV affiliate days. I had a very small list and I just like, OK, well, I want to grow my leads. And I knew that just based on looking at my community and almost any niche, right, like trying to figure out what transcends a niche to incentivize people to not only opt in at a higher rate than anything else, but then give them a good reason to share it with their friends was a contest. But the problem when I looked at all the offerings on the marketplace was a lot of them only incentivized for the act of the social share, not for you know what was important to me as a business owner, which is the email lead. And so I was like, well, this could be a good opportunity to test and see if not only, you know, at least if I, oh, I'll be my own, you know, I'll be a customer, right? So I could test it. And then if I liked it and a few other people in my circle liked it, maybe more people would like it. And so that was kind of how this idea of, you know, only rewarding for an opt-in kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah. grew out of the pond. <laughs> yeah. Take it down to the, the most basic uh, function. So, so, so the people that are watching know to enter a contest to get this lead, what's the most basic step that the visitor has to take for that that customer to, or for that business owner to get the lead? So, you know, essentially it's like an opt-in page where they give you their name and email, you know, on the most basic version. As soon as they submit, they have one entry. Then we give them a very simple one-click way to share on their social favorite social network um, with a unique referral link. And any any traffic through that link that then opts in will credit the original person 10 entries. So it was a weighted incentive to get them to bring us more leads. Mm -hmm. And on the back end for the business owner, a generation system that says, here's the winner for this month, this week, this total prize. How does the, how does the business owner choose the winner of the contest? Sure. So we have a built-in selection tool. Um, you have one of two options. 
One is the standard weighted entry, which is, a, I guess, more of a sweepstakes. Um, so if someone had 100, entry, you know, 100 entries, they'd have their name in the hat 100 times. And you know, someone with one entry could still technically win, but it would just sort out based on that weighting. Or they could do by pure performance, which is, you know, if they say there's three winners and they do pure performance, then the top three people with the most referrals would win. Um, and at any point, you just click a button and it would disqualify and replace. Okay. If they didn't meet whatever criteria you had, like if they had since unsubscribed from your list, or if you said the contest was U.S. only and they were, you know, in Mexico or something, um, you know, editorial discretion. But okay, now that the folks have an understanding of that, is was that the minimal viable product when you first started off? Was that the that's how it worked in the very beginning, uh, a version dot one point or point one? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was the, the core thing is it needed to be able to get a name and email and it needed to be able to track entries through a unique referral link and be able to award additional entries to the refer. Um, that was really all I cared about. Anything beyond that was like icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, at the time I was using AWeber, so they had to have AWeber integration. Um, so at least I could use it. We, we ended up adding in MailChimp and letting people put in their own form code. Um, but from the get-go, which is very simple, uh, you know, title, description, entry form, a picture. <laughs> um, and it works. I mean, you know, keep it simple, stupid, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. How, what, what was your experience like going to find a WordPress developer or designer? Take us down that path. How did you find someone? How did you connect with folks? So prior to this project, I had always just kind of asked my network, right? Like, just posted on social said, Hey, you know, like if I needed a ban banners designed, I would say, Hey, who knows a good banner designer? And I would usually get a somewhat decent referral. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll do the same thing for development, which was kind of a mistake. Um, because I ended up, uh, getting a referral through someone who I did trust on Google plus, uh, cause right, right when Google plus was coming out. Um, and he had a decent following and long story short, he referred me to someone who I later found out, he didn't really have a strong relationship with, so he couldn't really vouch for him. And uh, ended up being one of the lower bids of the few people who I talked to. And so I went with him, which is not only my mistake, but from the sounds of it, everyone's mistake uh, when they first start. You know, you get low, medium, high. You're like, oh, I'll go with the low guy. But I should have known, you know, something was missing. Um, and so that ended up being lots of wasted time and frustration and the code I got was absolutely unusable. Mm -hmm. uh, it, you know, it wasn't a plugin in the sense of how you and I or the common consumer would consider a plugin. This was like, you know, packages you had to go install on a cPanel. And I'm like, ugh, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of my criteria was that, you know, a, a teenage fashion blogger should be able to use my software. Because mm -hmm. uh, even though I'm an internet marketer and there's other people that do internet marketing, it needed to be that approachable, right? Because not everyone has <laughs> that kind of skill set. Yeah. And so I went back and thought, okay, well, I need to be more kind of, I guess, selective on how I pick my leads uh, for, you know, development work. And I did have a friend who had done WordPress plugins before. I knew he spent a lot of money on it. And so I was like, okay, who's the, who's the best person? And, and, you know, that person cost four times more than the first person I paid. We did an excellent job, knocked out in days, and you know because of that, my support load was way reduced. Uh, just everything, stress, you know, way less. But yep. uh, <laughs> do you mind sharing that that number of how much it cost you in the early days for the first version? Or sure. So second version at that point. <laughs> yeah. So the low bid that was a total waste of time in my was like 750 bucks. Like there's my first red flag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the good developer, um, I've since had several plugins made with them so I can give you kind of the range. Um, a good developer can make a simple plugin uh, for between four and 5,000. You know, for someone who is really in demand, um, you can probably find an up and coming developer with similar skill, but maybe not quite in demand for the three to four range, um, at least in my experience. But, uh, I mean, does that sound about right? Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, let's try to kill two birds with one stone for the developers and designers that are listening and also for the other marketers. 
when you found that first $750 guy or gal, what kind of questions were you asking when you were maybe interviewing them or, or reviewing their resume, if you will? Um, were you just going out and say, hey, I need a WordPress developer. Give me what you got. Um, what, did you, yeah. what did you learn from that experience that when you got to the high level, you said, please answer this, this, and this before I get <laughs> business with you? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I guess I just didn't do enough due diligence on the first guy. Um, he, he was U.S.-based, so it's not like I was even, you know, going, you know, total outsource. It wasn't, it wasn't like there was broken, you know, English abilities, you know, for communication problems. Uh, the reality was he just didn't have the skill. And so what I was ended up paying for was someone who claimed they could do it, probably really couldn't, which is why they took so long, and why the product was essentially crap. Um, and so what I ended up with was kind of butchered code and, you know, not what either of us was hoping to get out of it, I think. Um, so with, with the higher end guy, I was like, I need to see five great examples that I like from, from your previous work. I need to have, you know, like at least one really good referral, maybe two people say you're awesome. Um, and I need to have a guarantee of when you can deliver it. Um, you know, like the statement of working to be very, very clear and essentially, you know, some, some, some wording in there to slap on the wrist if you fall way behind. You know, I'm not, you know, if you, if you say, you know, Friday at two and you ship it to me Saturday, I'm not going to freak out. But, you know, the first guy was like days and weeks and then a month went by where it's like, I need more time, I need more time because you just didn't know it. Yep. And I found with the high-end guy, not only did he say, I'll deliver, you know, by Friday, whatever the magical day was, he actually delivered, like, days early because mm -hmm. he found that he could repurpose some of his code because he, you know, has done great work for everyone else. And, you know, A-Weber integration is A-Weber integration is A-Weber integration, yeah. right? So he was able to kind of, like, Legos, put a lot of the framework in there and then apply our design to it uh, pretty simply. Awesome. And did he uh, stick around while while uh, the the iterations came out for the plugin as you kind of grew? Did he, did he stick around to help help you build it? Uh, yeah. So I mean, we had kind of an agreement of how many revisions we you know was allowed in the statement of work, um, and then I launched it. And even though it was technically out slightly outside of his thirty day warranty, you know, from the time that I had the product and could actually ramp up a launch, um, but he fixed a number of the bugs for free. Because he's just like, well, I want to do good work and I want referrals from you. So let's go ahead and fix those. And then I paid him a little bit more to add a few polishing features uh, that our first couple thousand customers all kind of unanimously wanted. Um, you know, things that like, duh, I should have thought of, you know, like being able to drop in your analytics code for the page, you know, simple stuff. Um, but I mean, he, he definitely went above and beyond to make sure that it was up to quality, where I feel like some shops kind of, give you the code and walk away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, great. So you got, you have the idea, you have the MVP, you found the great developer, you have your version, uh, one, uh, the real version one ready to go. Um, I spoke to Corey Miller of iThemes this week. He has, you know, a dozen plus themes, um, half a dozen plugins. Um, yesterday I, I talked to, uh, John Saddington, um, creator of the standard theme, and they just have one theme. Um, kind of, what's your take on focusing in on just one niche plugin? Uh, did you did you go out thinking I'm going to create all kinds of features, uh, add-ons, uh, or did you already just say no? I'm going to focus on this one core contest, uh, you know, solution to drive leads. Um, well. You know, I guess I have kind of mixed feelings about that. On one hand, it's like you wanted you wanted to do all this cool stuff, right? You have this internal designer or desire to make it the most you know badass contest, whatever. You know, you're like you could do this use case, you could do this, you could do that, which makes it really easy to have feature creep. And when you get feature creep, you get bloated software, and you get more things that can break, and you get more things that can conflict, and you get more development overhead, and your profit margins seem to shrink, right? Because Maybe you're focusing development resources on X use case when it should have been Y, and that's what your customers really want to pay you for. And so I tried to really keep it kind of funneled in on this core concept. Anything beyond that would had to just be supporting of the core features, like you know the analytics part or 
you know, maybe more in, more email integrations. So things that supported the core use case, but just let you extract maybe more information from it or make it a little more compatible. Um, you know, and I really had no idea how well the contest plugin was going to do out of the gate. Um, you know, I, I really kind of saw this as an opportunity to test the idea in a vibrant marketplace that could essentially give me instant feedback and for really low cost. I mean, you know, even with the mistake of, of hiring the wrong developer up front and, you know, the design overhead, et cetera, it only cost me like six or seven grand before I could collect dollar, dollar revenue one, um, which I actually had to put a couple thousand of that on the credit card at the time. Uh, so things have really come up <laughs> a long way. Um, but you know, it was, it was the whole purpose was like let's let's just keep it simple. Let's test the idea, and if it doesn't work, and I want to do something else instead of trying to bandaid onto it, I'll try a different plugin. Yeah, it was kind of the mentality at the time. What off the top of your head, do you remember some whacked out function or feature that you just said no to? Like I, this would just take me down a path of no return. Was there a few that you just cut out and said this would be cool, but nah, I'm not, I'm not going to add this in. Well, probably the biggest thing that people asked for that I was kind of a hard nose about is, uh, you know, there's a lot of different social networks, right? And everyone wanted me to just add on, like, in, in the share page, like, like, okay, well, I want you to add Google+, and I want you to add, you know, Instagram, and I want you to add, 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 add. And the thing that I really believe in is, like, you know, you have to build it around a use case, and just adding more share features um, isn't actually a plus because as I'm sure you know, if you put you know social shares on your blog of everything under the sun and a lot of them say zero, that's actually negative social proof. And so I just wanted to focus on kind of the core thing that I thought you know most communities would be around. And even LinkedIn, a lot of people were like, I don't really want the LinkedIn, but you'd be surprised sometimes the kind of traffic and leads you can get from there. And so, you know, I knew from my own experience of, you know, even spending thousands and thousands of dollars a day on LinkedIn ads at one point that that was a viable marketplace. So I was, you know, I had a lot of pushback on just adding every social button under the sun. How, um, how are you tracking that? How are you getting customers feedback? Um, well, we have a help desk. We use desk.com, you know, Salesforce solution. There's plenty of other good options out there like, you know, Zendesk. And I'm sure you could probably name a lot more than me. Um, but desk.com was, was a decent integration tool to, you know, people uh, you know, submitting tickets and tracking it and sending them out to my developer and saying, hey, can we fix this? <laughs> yeah. uh, supporting people now, what, you know, when did you, did you hit a wall where you had to just uh, slow down on, on um, you know, adding more features and, and taking feedback? Did you ever hit a support wall, um, you know, as you, as you grew the company? So I know that's a common problem for a lot of WordPress things. Uh, you know, that's the problem with one-time money. I think that's a problem with kind of the app community on, on mobile as well as, you know, you get this small upfront fee and then you kind of have to, you know, support them forever. Uh, I heard a good talk at the Seattle WordCamp last year um, from a guy who does premium themes. And he's like, he had a really good description of it. He said, I felt like I was kind of building, you know, uh, a Ponzi scheme because to support... <laughs> You know, to support my current customers, I had to sell more product. But then after I sold more product, my support base got bigger and I had to keep selling more and more product to support the previous customers' you know, support needs. And that really struck a chord with me. And I was like, oh, this is tough. So, you know, with that, after that first kind of follow-up iteration after launch, we haven't changed the product on the plugin. Um, you know, we, we shipped, the initial version was 1.0.1, and then after the bug updates and slight feature polish, it was just version 1.1. Uh, so it's been 1.1 since like May of 2012, and we haven't had to change the plugin since then. Nice. So, you know, there's a few incompatibilities with a few membership plugins and stuff, but it's very, you know, we, we covered more than 90% of our user base. And at that point, it's like, okay, that's solid. You know, we're still selling a lot of them. Um, so, you know, your support wall to me meant, okay, well now I got to take that money and build something else. <laughs> um, are, are, you, are you still running it, uh, as a, as a one man, one and a half man band, or do you have support folks now that you, uh, kind of siphon off to? So, um, there's a lot more people behind the scenes now than there used to be. Uh, <laughs> I do have some help and support. It's still mostly me in the trenches because we have the new product. 
Um, and so because of that, I'm really aggressively in the trenches trying to solve people's problems and seeing what hurdles people are hitting because it's something totally new for us. Uh, and I love, at least in the beginning, to be as hands-on as I can to get my arms around what's working and what's not. Because people, will, it's, it's amazing to me that some people will actually go to your support desk to tell you what is working. Um, so it's not always problematic. It's people in there saying, hey, you know, I love it because of all this. And maybe you have some small problem, but they'll give you a lot of just good feedback uh, that kind of give you cues on where you should focus on the yeah. product. Yeah. Uh, how much was contest domination when it was a, a WordPress plugin? Um, so that's a mixed question because okay. we did uh, we did a Warrior Forum launch, okay. but then we uh, which was a limited time sale, but then we also had it for sale as a ClickBank product. Um, and I know ClickBank gets kind of a bad rap because there's a lot of kind of less than stellar info products and all that kind of garbage on there. Uh, but for us, it worked because uh, in our um, in the sidebar. By default, it would say powered by contest domination, which you could turn off, but you could also just drop in your ClickBank ID. And so it meant that we could have kind of this long tail of affiliates that I wasn't responsible for collecting tax information. I wasn't responsible for cutting checks every month. Um, that was all ClickBank, right? And so it made sense for us, uh, kind of an automated affiliate system. Um, but to answer your pricing question on ClickBank, a single site license was $37. A business license that was unlimited personal sites was a uh, combined $84 uh, between the single and the upgrade. Uh, as a WSO, you know, the Warrior Special Offer, um, a single site was only 10 bucks. A developer license was only 20, um, but then we had an upsell for an additional $37 that was a developer's license with skins. So it had a you know like ten different textures and skins they could pick from. Mm -hmm. It did pretty well. Your 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 take on doing a warrior forum launch, the typical oh god here comes another WordPress plugin, <laughs> um, which is why some of the folks probably listening to this, uh, a lot of the uh, plugin developers they're talking about selling plugins you know upwards of past ninety seven dollars to kind of combat that lifetime support fee or or cost to the company um 10 bucks for a plugin some of us are cringing um you, did you kind of know you had to do that were you looking to make a profit were you just saying i just need to get this out there for feedback and 10 bucks is what i'm going to get in this market so uh there's two things that that will drive a price decision uh in a forum launch like that one is it's a it's the same as like doing a limited discount in the app store, right? Where they, they do it to get a spike in rankings. Um, it's kind of what people expect, uh, you know, low price in the app app community. Uh, just in the Warrior Forum, they also, they expect everything for essentially nothing, which, you know, there's a debate about, do you want that as your customer or not? The second thing is you have to realize you're, you're going for volume and you're, you know, $97 is great if you're just selling a couple a day um, or whatever you're, you know, let's say up to 10. Um, but in the warrior form, like we sold 1200 copies our first day. Wow. Uh, and like 95% of them were the developer license at 20 bucks a pop. And then of that, about half the people also bought the $37 upgrade. So, and as, as you and I probably both know, there's a ton of value in that email lead as well. So, you know, top line revenue, you know, you're, you're averaging, you know, roughly $40 per sale, which, you know, you think 10 bucks, but now it's around 40 with the upsell and you get an email lead and you get thousands of them in an incredibly short amount of time. And so, you know, of course, you don't want to spam your leads, but there's a lot of follow up opportunity to, you know, show them other complementary things in your niche. Right. So like we're kind of list building. Right. Because we're all about the email leads. So there's lots of different list building plugins outside of the contest world. So instead of me having to go build every other list building product under the sun, I can email the leads that are the viable marketplace about it and make a hefty commission in the process. Um, and, and, the, and the math pencils out quite well. Yeah, that's a, that's a great approach. Um, wh how far did you take contest domination until you said, 
Or, or what was the cutoff to say, I'm going to move this from a WordPress plugin and make this a hosted solution? What, what was that aha moment and why did you do it? Uh, you know, actually, it was almost immediately after doing the Warrior Form launch. So um, I, I opened, I initially sold the plugin, uh, very limited release, just to my own like several hundred person list uh, and my Facebook friends. Uh, you know, that's when I had the ClickBank page done. And I actually did like a couple thousand bucks. I was like, okay, I have something here. That's when I partnered with a JV broker and went and did the whole Warrior Form launch thing. And that was in April, late April, the Warrior Form launch. Essentially, like seven days after the launch, I was like, damn, there's a lot of people interested in running contests with the purpose of generating a bigger email list. And I also knew that just kind of the way WordPress is, I was going to get copied. People were going to either rewrite the code because it wasn't crazy complicated or they're just going to steal my code. Right? <laughs> Two things is going to happen and both ended up ultimately happening. And so we had this big surge in user base, a surge in fan base, um, you know, thousands and thousands of people in a very short amount of time. Everyone was talking about and using contest domination and one of the main verticals of people who I think could benefit from it. And so I was like, wow, okay, these people like where we're going. They like the product. They like, you know, they have an affinity now for the name contest domination. Um, God, we really need to get these people on a recurring subscription because it works so well. We were getting testimonials from people, you know, that like maybe previously were, were collecting 10 emails a day on their blog. And then they just made it part of their campaign on an ongoing basis to be always running one or two contests. And they went from like 10 to 400 emails a day. I mean, it was just like insane jumps. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of value. People would probably pay for that value on an ongoing basis. Uh, and you can't exactly charge for it as a WordPress plugin on an ongoing basis. And a WordPress environment, while amazing, also does have some limitations in the environment, right? Because everyone maybe has a different server set up and there's just more sophisticated things I felt we could do if we brought that environment in-house we hosted it, you know, if we removed the need to know code, you know, we, we would grow our potential uh, audience, right? Because not everyone knows how to code, even, even basic HTML. Some people don't even have a website or they have one where it's not a WordPress site. Um, and so I knew almost immediately that we had to take all of our profits and momentum and put that weight behind an environment that we controlled and can charge for monthly. And so, you know, it was like months in the making where I was very quiet about it for quite a while because uh, it's a huge undertaking. It's not as simple as just taking that WordPress code and putting it on our own server. Uh, we actually rewrote the whole thing from scratch to be optimized in the app kind of environment. Yeah, because I remember um, shortly after or maybe a little while after your interview with Andrew Warner, and I remember pinging you about something. I think it was about... Um, hey, where's the plugin? And you were just like, oh, hold on. There's going to be something coming pretty soon, and I'll let you know. Uh, you know. And then I think like a week later, I got one of, one of your announcement emails. Um, I said, oh, now I get it. Now I yeah. see what he's doing. Um, to the developer, the, the plugin developer that's out there that's disagreeing with you about the pricing and not being able to do the pricing uh, or, I guess, grow the business profitability-wise with a plugin, um, you know, did you did you explore, give any exploration to like a Gravity Forms type of business model where it's not in the WordPress repository, the code isn't fully GPL and people can't run with it? Um, do you think that there's still a viable model for people to make money with a WordPress plugin? It depends on the kind of problem you're solving, I think. Um, for us, uh, the function itself was relatively simple and... You know, if it costs me six or seven grand to make it, it's not going to cost anyone else any, you know, much yeah. more and yeah. possibly even less if they have some of the skill set themselves. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think what was, you know, our unique value add beyond the technology was the ability to, to tell people this is how you do, you know, a good campaign with a contest. This is how you crush it. This is why an email list is important. You know, is the support and knowledge in addition to the software and, you know, we don't want to just give that away for free. So we, we knew that eventually, you know, our contest model as a plugin would be a commodity. I knew that essentially from the first day I put it on the marketplace that, you know, right now I can charge a premium because essentially I'm first at this kind of widgetizing this method of a contest. 
But you know, I pretty much knew that within six months, this will be a commodity and my business will be flatlined. Um, and so even though you know we had a huge spike for the forum and then we kind of lulled down a little bit, but then from that point, it was like we were growing 30 to 40% month over month of traffic and revenue. But you know, I feel like we timed it relatively well because almost as soon as we flipped it to the SaaS model, there was like like right leading up to that point, there was this flood of kind of me too plugins that hit the marketplace. And I was like, thank God I spent the last four months building a SaaS business, or else they would just, you know, I'd be on this downward slope and they'd be eating into my profits and traffic and leads and I would be in a really tough position. So I mean, I think like someone like Gravity Forms takes what is, you know, if you're not a designer, right, it's it's clunky to build a good form. And someone like Gravity Forms kind of a unique position because it's difficult to do and they do a really good job. Uh, they carve out a good need, you know, a good niche that they can fulfill the need in a way that you know, maybe isn't fully GPL. Um, and that, that's good business for them and they do well. I just don't think that given you know, the complexities of what we did, that that was the best route for us. It was simple enough. It could be reproduced relatively easily. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a great point. It's, it's you know, um, strategy, it's business, business is business. You got to do what you got to do. And, um, you know, I had the same thoughts when I, when I saw hello bar come onto the scene, um, cause they were like five bucks a month. And I was like, wow, five bucks a month for just a, like a JavaScript drop down bar <laughs> at the top of your site. Like, <clears throat> how are you finding these people to pay for this? I'd like to find those same people. Um, <laughs> so, how do you uh, find the, you know, the mom and pop small business to run a contest for their business? Or are you staying away from them and saying, I want to stay with the knowledgeable marketing people, the kind of techie people? W- where are you going to acquire these, these uh, customers? So there's several different types of people in several different industries that have a use for a contest. And so what we've shown people right now is the solution for either the advanced blogger, kind of advanced solo person, or the small business who wants to run a contest and they want it to be simple, they don't want to have to use no code. Um, and so we're very fortunate we have a lot of referral traffic, right? Because we still have, we have a lot of existing traffic to the site and we displaced the plugin page with our new SaaS page. So kind of like immediately we had incoming qualified leads looking to run a contest. Um, they were presented now with a free option to start uh, something that didn't have the no code. They're like, oh, great. So, our, you know, obviously our lead conversion went sky high because we have a free way to, to get into the process. Um, so there's a lot of referral stuff, you know, uh, like the Mixergy interview was very, very good to us. Um, things like that are good. Um, so, you know, our strategy really so far has been to work with people that are visible in the space we want to approach. So a good example of that is like, there's actually a lot of fashion bloggers and mommy bloggers that love contests. And so we did a contest with Julep, who's a nail parlor. And, you know, they had like 32,000 people into their contest. They doubled their Twitter following inside of a month, like all these good stats. But more importantly for us, like part of the deal was, you know, we gave them the software for free. I, I, I gave them a ton of coaching on how to kill it with the contest. But they left Powered by Contest Domination in the sidebar. The first follow-up email had, P.S., did you like how easy that contest was? <laughs> Start your own. <laughs> so it had a couple different things that made us visible. And so that not only drove sign-up and, and ultimately sales, but at least people are aware of us. So as we change our offering, as we make things more exciting, you know, just like in advertising, we have to be seen several times before someone even realizes they see you. Like, when people say contest domination, it kind of rings a bell in that audience before, you know, <laughs> even if they hadn't clicked through, we were in front of them. And so by partnering with people that are kind of tastemakers, I guess, you know, Mixergy ran a contest. So that put us in front of the tech and, you know, entrepreneur crowd. And there's several other instances like that where we'll, we'll try to find people with an audience and do everything we can to support them to crush it with our software. Um, and while we're not paying them for an endorsement, you know, they're getting tons of leads, they're getting tons of value, and all they have to do is leave a few things checked. So it's essentially like free banner space. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's a great strategy. It's full circle. I mean, you're, the business lends back to itself in that fashion um, because it's contest, it's promotional, it's advertising. The product is that. Um, so if you can make those tie-ins with the folks that have the eyeballs, um, 
it's a great way to drive traffic back. And I think a lot of um, startup WordPress folks, especially people who are making themes um, and other plugins, can can probably employ that same kind of strategy, which is which is good for them. And yeah, and I would say like especially in you know in the early days when we were the, you know the plugin um, is the powered by. Uh, having that an opt out, like it needs to be able to be turned off, in my opinion, even if they haven't paid some crazy extra fee. Uh, but just making it an opt out versus opt in, and then trying to give them a way to earn a, a commission or whatever by default in there, which you know incentivizes them to leave it checked. So even those who do know where that setting is, you know, don't hide it. But yep. you know, people who do see it and say, "Oh, maybe I don't want to say that." have to think twice about, well, maybe I do on <laughs> my ClickBank ID. Because you know, even if they only generate one sale every six months, right, but you have thousands and thousands of people out there doing that, then it starts to make sense. Mm. And that was that was like our number one source of traffic for months mm -hmm. was just that little powered by contest nomination. Mm. I, know, I know several other plug-in people in my space say the same thing where it's like 70 or 80% of their traffic comes from people actually using the product, you know, with the powered by turned on. That's awesome. Uh, how are people using it with WordPress now? They have a WordPress.org site hosting it themselves. How do they, or hosting a site by themselves, how do they use contents domination? Uh, so most of them you know, use it additive to their other lead generation campaigns. Um, you know, a lot of people will like maybe use a hello bar to, you know, promote it at the top of their site during the length of the campaign. They'll write blog posts about it. Um, they'll they'll drive paid traffic to it through Facebook ads, through LinkedIn ads. Uh, they'll pay other people to mail to it for them. Mm -hmm. um, so it live it will live on contest domination servers, and it's a page they have to direct to. So that's the new version. But even even the WordPress version was a custom post type. Okay. So it wasn't like you you would just drop it into an existing blog post. You always gotcha. had to link to it. Gotcha. Um, you know, the advantage of the plugin version was that, you know, it was like your domain.com slash, you know, contest slash whatever. Um, so the new version we have, it's contest.io with some stuff at the end, but it's your unique link. Awesome. Uh, awesome. So fundamentally, it hasn't changed that much. It's still a page you drive traffic to. The difference is that we control the page and the environment. Mm -hmm. you, know, you have a lot of editing ability, mm -hmm. uh, but it lives on our servers. So hopefully, when you get tons of traffic and we're on, a, you know, a very large cloud, <laughs> in theory, we won't go down, right? <laughs> in theory, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, if you could go back in time, one year, five year, ten years, would you do anything different uh, with contest domination or running the business? Um, anything that you would say? If I had to do it again, I would not do this. Uh, I would always go for the best developer and the best designer that my money could buy. Um, that time in and time out has always like, you know, I, I haven't made that mistake again with developers. I have a very, very good developer. It's a different guy, but a very, very qualified app developer um, involved in the process now. But I've done that. I made a mistake a couple times with design as well. It's just like, stop being stingy. <laughs> And just lay down the cash in, in, you know, like I said, with the plugin originally, I had to put a couple thousand of that on a credit card. I mean, which is probably not the wisest thing, but you know, we're, we're entrepreneurs. We're not exactly risk averse. <laughs> uh, and, you know, but I just kind of have this gut feeling that like, okay, if I stop screwing around and just get the best that I can afford and then some, um, it's going to totally pay off in spades. Right. And it, it has luckily. And, you know, other projects since then have done the same. Um, if I had to go back, you know, five years or so, which would have put me back still in college, I, I actually wrote about this uh, or posted about this on Facebook, I think, the other day. It's like I loved my college experience. But if I, you know, college roughly costs, what, 100 grand these days for four years, I would totally spend that 100K building a fat email list. <laughs> it would have paid back. So, you know, because like, you know, as entrepreneurs, it's kind of tough to sometimes see the tangible benefit of, of what my degree maybe is doing for me now, but uh, you know, I would spend that money on an email list all day, every day, as opposed to school. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome advice. Um, speaking a little bit now, quickly about WordPress as a community. You mentioned you went to WordCamps. Are you going to still stay involved with WordPress, WordCamps? Any any thoughts of going back and creating a plugin that 
integrates more stuff into a WordPress site, or are you kind of just done with the WordPress scene? So I probably, like, I don't really see myself creating more premium WordPress plugins, um, but I'm not, like, you know, ugh, done with the WordPress community by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, they're they're an interesting, vibrant community. I think they they have a lot of feedback to offer. They're, they're constantly evolving. I think WordPress as a community is, is getting to an interesting kind of saturation point. Um, you know, I've, I've talked a lot with uh, Jason Schuler from Press75, mm-hmm. and he and I are kind of the same wavelength of like, you know, it's, it's if you look at the curve of WordPress, right, it's like everything's getting so commoditized, which is good for, for the people that are just trying to do something on WordPress, but it's, it's not so good for the businesses trying to make it happen. Um, and so I think we're going to start seeing at least the direction I want to go with it is a melding of SaaS, you know, app products and WordPress, where you can just kind of easily integrate more services into your WordPress site. And so, like, we're interested in making um, like a free WordPress plugin that just essentially lets you layer our SaaS application behind your know, URL and gives you some of the settings inside of your WordPress admin without having to go externally. Uh, but you authorize to our SaaS application. Um, so, you know, there's still an interest in, in making it easy on the WordPress community to use our stuff. I think we're going to see more and more of that, especially this year. I've seen several other products coming out that are similar. Um, so I'm still interested in getting them to use our product and, you know, getting them to, you know, I think we're going to see more free stuff like that. Um, so that being said, I still plan, you know, I go to the, usually the local Seattle meetup you know, every couple months. It, it is every month, but I go every couple months. Um, I'll probably go to WordCamp Seattle again. You know, it's a good crowd. You, you do learn a lot of stuff about scaling and and page load issues and things that are kind of a, a web problem, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Not a WordPress problem. Yep. And it's for, for the knowledge and the community that you meet, especially if you go to a big one like a Seattle, Boston, New York, San Francisco, um, Portland, like 30 bucks, 40 bucks to go yeah. to these things. It's ridiculous. And you, and you get lunch. It's not like blog world where it's like, uh, you know, for 700 bucks, you can see this booth, <laughs> but you can't go over to that section. But if you yeah. want to pay us three grand, you can go everywhere, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think this year for me, it'll be a blend of, you know, infusion con, you know, the affiliate summits and, and the WordPress community. Cause that's just, that, that fits our needs. Um, because I still have a lot of love for the WordPress community. I mean, I'm not blind. They they built our initial momentum. We have a lot of people that do a lot of stuff on WordPress. Uh, there's still a lot of creativity there. So yeah. it's, it's a cool community. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. And one of the questions I usually ask, like a, a developer or a designer, and you kind of answer this in a roundabout way, is how do you deal with that $500 client? And I guess you were the $500 client looking for the like the lowest bid on a plugin. Um, you know, thinking about it now, what's your advice to uh, a startup or somebody who's looking to elevate their revenue and, and get out of the small jobs that are just, you know, you know, costing them time more, suck. Yeah, yeah, time <laughs> suck, costing them more than they're making. Uh, how do you? What's your advice to elevate yourself out of that? Um, well, I mean, I, I think there's a couple decisions that someone in that position has to make because I've done some client work before, um, and uh, you know, I've been on both sides of the table, and and the way to kind of counteract that in my experience has been to set a much higher price. Like if it's 500, charge 5,000. Um, because, and what's also interesting about that is people won't haggle with you as much when your price goes astronomically higher. Uh, you know, cause people value your time. If you say, I will give you, you know, 20 hours of our time, it's going to be five grand. That's it. They're not, they often won't say, well, what about 4,800 or what about 25 hours? Like they, they often won't push you. But if you say, I'll do it for 500 bucks, 800 bucks, even a thousand bucks in their brain, it's the same 20 hours in their brain. They say he doesn't value his time. So why should I? Mm. And so if it's 500, they might ask you to go down to 300. Mm. What if I just buy you lunch and a coffee? You just, <laughs> yeah. you know? uh, and it doesn't turn into, it's not 20 hours. They want 200. Right. So you get this big, you know, uh, imbalance. And so, you know, if it's a $5,000 client, you don't have to get nearly as many clients. And on a per client basis, your margin's high enough that, 
you know, everyone who does client work, I think, should be thinking of some kind of product or service that they can, you know, supplement their income with that that isn't always trading hours for dollars. Um, there's nothing wrong. I know that you know you do a lot of client work. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that business, but I think you always have to be thinking about how do I boost my average revenue per user, right? Average revenue per client in this case, uh, and then how do I also like become somewhat of a software company because you obviously have skill sets, right? People wouldn't be hiring you and they wouldn't be hiring you unless they could make profit off of it. So you have the skill set in house usually. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> to, to kind of you at least diversify the portfolio a little bit. Yeah. No, that's awesome advice. Let's go into the what's in your toolbox section of the interview. Uh, what piece of software uh, or hardware do you use every single day that gets you through the day like an Evernote, Gmail, iPad, what is it that's with you all the time to help you run your business? Sure. Um, well, I have a MacBook Air and I love it. So hardware-wise, that's it. It'll, it'll be replaced when they refresh the Retina MacBook Pro. That's Pro. exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Waiting for that Haswell chip. Yep. Um, you know, I want 10 hours of battery life on a 15-inch Retina Pro. Yeah. Yep. Golden. Um, software, probably the thing that's like, you know, simple little free app. It's you know owned by Evernote, but uh, Sketch. I freaking love Sketch because yep. I got tired of sending everyone files. You know, even though I'm on a, a crazy fast connection and someone else might be, sometimes I swear Skype sends it to like Indonesia seven times before it <laughs> comes back. And so being able to just you know grab a quick screenshot, maybe annotate something, like put a big arrow, like in customer support sometimes. For like I don't see the switch, you know, I put a big arrow like. <laughs> Send it to them, you know. So, do you uh, like the new version? I know there was a lot of, uh, you know. I I don't mind the new version. I, I realize it did give up a few things, but uh, it's actually a pretty well well designed app, I think. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're doing a good job of of keeping up with it. I mean, and it, it, come on, it's free. Yeah. I mean, how <laughs> how much room is there really to complain? Yeah. It still yeah. works. So. I agree. Awesome. Let's jump into the lightning round. We'll ask you a series of questions, and you'll have a series of quick answers. Okay. Hopefully, you have an answer for the first one. <laughs> What's the one plugin you cannot live without? <laughs> Contest domination, obviously. Contest domination, of course. Uh, favorite WordPress or business book? Ooh. You know, uh, I did pick up Unmarketing's book recently, The Book of Awesome and The Book of Unawesome, which is a flip book. Cool. Uh, actually, I have a signed copy I just gave away. <laughs> nice. Uh, a quote you live or run your business by? I just always try to make good stuff that people are going to like. It's not really a quote, but just kind of, you know, if you make good shit, people will love you. Yep. Quoted by <laughs> you. pay you for it. <laughs> you, you, just, you just coined it. Uh, <laughs> the best business or career advice you've ever received? Maybe the same thing? Um. You know, it could be, but, you know, to me, it's just it kind of ignore what everyone says you should do. Not necessarily in your industry, but, you know, your family pressures, your friend pressures. Because um, I think a lot of us, and I certainly kind of, you know, fell into this, was, you know, the 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 stigma, the fake dream is work hard, go to college, get a good, you know, job, do your thing, pay your penance. Um, I think if you have the entrepreneurial bug, do whatever it takes to flesh that out um, because I would much rather be broke but doing chasing something I'm passionate about than eh, and, and working in a cubicle um, yeah. I've done that and yeah. I hated it and I followed my passion I took a risk put charges on a credit card which I don't necessarily recommend you do <laughs> and now I'm making a significant multiple over what I was making as an account manager downtown Seattle so you know, yeah. don't don't follow your social pressures. Just do what feels right. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, the other day I heard I overheard some people at the coffee shop talking. You know, just that working for a bigger corporation and just in fear that they might lose their jobs, that there might be cutback. Like, how can you go to work every day and be inspired to work when you're afraid that you're gonna, you know, that your manager's gonna fire you or they're gonna reprimand you? And, and in reality, it's probably a job you don't love anyway. Exactly. Exactly. And and it's, it's just it's, like yeah, it's a false sense of security at best. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, John, Saddington, I, John Saddington gave me some great advice yesterday. We talked about competitors and should you worry about your competitors that are doing it wrong and, and just not putting the effort that you put in as a company or as an individual. And his simple answer was, we're all going to die. <laughs> we're all going <laughs> to die. There's not enough time. 
there's not enough time to worry about what the other competitors are doing. And that just changed my direction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if you work really hard and you actually, you know, put some effort and you care about the product, everything else kind of works works itself out. Because if you're if you're really like passionate about making an awesome product, people are going to notice that. I mean, even if they aren't in love with your feature set today, if they see that you are like dedicated to making the best widget of whatever you're doing. They're just they're going to buy into you and what your company is trying to accomplish, just as much as they buy into the product itself. So, if you if you put all the effort into it to make a great product, people are going to it, it all takes care of itself. It, it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, back into your client services days. What's the longest a client project has ever taken, uh, or longest a, a maybe trouble ticket you've seen take to get resolved? Uh, probably a month. Oh wow, it's pretty easy. I, I, yeah, I mean. I work a, a ton of hours, so <laughs> a, a month of like my time might be like several months of, of like normal nine to five. But um, if you had to switch to another CMS, uh, would what would it be and why? Like other than WordPress? Other than WordPress, um, it would probably be something uh, hosted. I mean, if there was more granularity to like you know forcing more opt-ins and more customizability, Tumblr is an interesting platform to me. Um, I mean, beyond beyond the reblock, I think they just do a nice job of giving people kind of a resource on mobile specifically, like you know, being able to add content via mobile. Um, I think some kind of SaaS based CMS is going to be interesting in the future, right? Because when people care more about a clean way to add content from their mobile devices, because um, I don't think the WordPress app is amazing on. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. Um, any idea on who I should interview next? Well, have you had Andrew Warner on here? I haven't. I'm going to try like hell to get him. <laughs> Andrew Warner's good. Neil Patel uh, here out of Seattle. He's uh, he's another really good one if you can get him. Yeah, awesome. Um, what's the one question I didn't ask you that I should have? What are we What are we building next? <laughs> ah, yes, you are right. What are you building next? Uh, a solution for agencies, um, nice. for agencies and and more. And I'm going to say this, and hopefully it doesn't offend anyone. More real businesses, mm -hmm. um, people that have dedicated budgets for things that we're building. Awesome. Well, I will stay tuned for that, like I did <laughs> last time. Um, well, everyone, I want everyone to go and find Travis online. Say thank you. Check out contest domination. Um, if you want to stay up to date with more of these awesome interviews, you can go to mattreport.com slash subscribe. Travis, plug away on what you want, uh, how people can find you, and how they can check out Contest Domination. Sure. So my email is pretty open. I get a lot, but I will try my best to get back. And it's just Travis at ContestDomination.com. And then if you just Google or type it in, ContestDomination.com. Awesome. Travis, thanks for doing the interview. Yeah, no problem. Thanks Take for having me. everybody.